Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. Love being lost in a good labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, it brings back a lot of memories for sure of corn mazes or, you know, when you're, um, when you get lost driving somewhere. Did I tell you that I went to the, um, mm. that I was in New Jersey and went to the Pine Barrens recently, like this past weekend? Ooh, insert obligatory question about Jersey Devil. Well, yeah, I was going to make a joke about searching for the Jersey Devil, but I kind of forgot. But as we can just pretend that's where I was going to do. Yeah, you were, you were like, you know, it's, it's late summer. There's those mm-hmm. leaves just starting to, yeah. to fall, maybe. You turn over some leaves uh-huh. and, you know, Bruce Springsteen is just there. You know, <laughs> ah, Joe. And you're like, hi, Bruce. And then you keep walking in the woods. I mean, that's what happens. That's part of being in New Jersey. <laughs> it's essentially, well, like my running joke was I, I kept making, um, who to my one friend who does not watch The Sopranos, I kept making a joke about how this is like that Sopranos episode, The Pine Barrens, which is also <laughs> how I led before I left the conversation with my mom who I saw and was like, man, I hope it's not like that episode of the Pine, or that episode from The Sopranos <laughs> called The Pine Barrens, in which uh, Christopher and Polly get lost, um, because that would be <laughs> terrible. And so, of course, because I made this my entire bit of the time I was going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know, it was on this long drive. I'm going out to uh, Wharton State Forest, which I've never been to before, and it is very, you know, uh-huh. sand everywhere, trees. It's it's the Pine Barrens. There's, yeah. you know, it's also like there's these older houses that were there, and it looks like it's something out of the mm. witch. So it was really creepy. But anyway, I'm driving okay. there, and this is like, you know, we're in back road country where Jersey goes pretty like from like towns and countryside to forest very fast. And right, right. I'm I'm following my GPS. I'm listening to like I don't know whatever I had on the radio. I think I was listening to like Kurt Vile or something. Really getting in the like country mood. And um, some Pine Grove, maybe. I think Pine Grove did come on. Yeah, it's one of my playlists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm driving through, and I get to like the area I'm supposed to be. So it's like okay, you're five minutes away, and I'm like, cool, five minutes. I can't wait. Gonna go on a hike. Gonna have fun. And it's like, okay, turn left now. And I was like, oh god, okay. So I like literally. took the hardest left turn vin diesel would have been quaking in next to me and pull up into this like parking lot filled with trees and there's just like dirt everywhere and i'm like there's nowhere to go because the gps is like okay go straight i'm like i can't there's a tree like there's nowhere to go (laughs) and so it's like okay rerouting you you're gonna go like a half a mile and then you're gonna make a left like a sharp left again so Mm -hmm. i was like okay so i drive up half a mile and it's again there's like nothing around me no real nobody's on the road because it's really early in the morning which thankfully no one was out because this is already embarrassing as it is because i'm driving like a maniac and i get to this like turn and it's the sharp it's literally like an angle like a like a 30 degree angle left turn so i make one of those intersections yeah and i mean there's like nothing here so i make the left turn and it's a dirt road like off-road dirt like sand mud puddles and trees and it's just a straight shot a mile back 
And right. this is like normal if you live in South Jersey, that does happen. So I was like, <laughs> okay, like it's a old town thing. Like it's, you know, it's a trail, it's a mm-hmm. park. Maybe this makes sense. Now, mind you, I am in a Honda Civic, a white Honda Civic, a hatchback, okay? It is a low-to-the-ground car, and I love it very much, but it was not designed to take on this type of terrain. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so my GPS says, go straight five minutes and you'll be there to the visitor center where I was trying to get to. And I said, okay, like, that makes sense. Like, I didn't think about this. Like, dirt road, Mm -hmm. can't see past the tree line. Yeah, that's probably an entrance. So I drive this thing, (laughs) my car, half a mile down, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. hey, there's no entrance. Like, where am I going? And I'm still driving and hitting bumps. Like, it's going crazy. You know, my I'm like, my tire, I had like tire pressure problems. So I was like, this is literally what I was not supposed to be doing right now. And I get there to wherever this exit was supposed to lead me to. And it was a massive gate closed and people working like beyond it. And I'm like, oh my God, I definitely just, I definitely did that thing that people do where you follow your GPS and it like leads you into a lake. I did it into a dirt road that led to nowhere. Uh, so luckily I was able to like turn around a group of like bicyclists passed me and were looking at me like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Like why? Cause it's again, it's a white Honda Civic in the middle of the woods. It's like, why would you be back here? Um, and then I drive back and eventually go to that parking lot. And I call my friend and I'm like, hey, I'm lost. Just like we are in this, uh, in the labyrinth here, or at least appear to be. So moral of the story is, do not quote The Sopranos episode of The Pine Barrens before you go to The Pine Barrens, because you probably will get lost. Is that their equivalent of The Beach episode? It's like their famous bottleneck episode, because it's definitely not Mm. fun. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's not, okay, so kind of, it's uh, it's not really the equivalent of every anime having a beach episode. No, it's like, you know when, like, in Community, when Abed was, like, making the very meta joke about it being, like, a bottle episode? It's that, mm. but it's a really, really, uh, really good one directed by Steve Buscemi. Fun fact. Oh. Yeah, and then he shows up in the show, yeah. which is kind of wild. I'm there watching The Sopranos. I'm almost done. It's, a, it's actually a very uh-huh. great show. I, you know... I I love I love you know dro- driving in sort of um you know more remote places and stuff but yeah. like it is also kind of fun just the image of you you know driving th- through the pine barrens uh in a civic uh-huh you know even thinking about my last dr- uh one of my last drives out to western massachusetts um and into upstate new york you know you're driving through lots of small towns some of them cute some of them slightly you know make you slightly uncomfortable yeah but um i borrowed a friend's car and he has two stickers on the back of his uh you know uh silver sedan that mm. i'm driving one says my cat is a democrat um and the other says birds aren't real <laughs> Which I feel like would confuse a potential, <laughs> like, angry Repub- upstate New York Republican right. enough that they, like, wouldn't hassle me. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, because I think just the my cat is a Democrat is possibly just i see i see that uh that phrase possibly enraging someone for for reasons beyond yeah uh <laughs> yeah would, their political affiliation it would become misogynistic very quickly and you know it would i uh, oh for yeah, like in yeah. in zero to a hundred of like how do we even get here like is this the same topic <laughs> um but the birds aren't real you have a very interesting like 
it's like a political statement if you want to call it that but then also like conspiracy theory and i feel like they would be conflicted and would cause like psychic damage or something mm-hmm, mm. mm-hmm. well conspiracy you always you always want to imagine the length it, no matter how ridiculous something is you want to imagine the lengths you would have to go to to pull something like that off oh it, yeah it is kind of it is kind of fun almost on one level you know yeah as yeah. as uh as henry zabrowski from the last podcast on the left says creative thinking <laughs> i forgot he said that. yeah i mean you could definitely joseph smith it or like i just watched the master for the first time like ever oh my god i love that movie <laughs> it's crazy is I, it bad is it bad how much i love that movie <laughs> maybe I'll, i don't know because i think of all the conversations we've had and all the tours we've given it makes a lot of sense the references you've made now <laughs> but i'm like i watched it and i was like this is bizarre but like you know that's what it was like and you know that's mm-hmm. how like with Scientology or any cult, this is essentially the level of thinking you need to put into things where it is nonsense. Also, I think it's a movie that knows how to use your Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my God. That, yeah. In a way that Joker does not. He, I'm sorry. It's, I, yeah, I'm going to agree. His performance is amazing. His character is horrendous and I hate him, but it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Just the, Oh, what a weird movie, but I also had a very good one at that. I watched it with my parents, so it wasn't the best audience mm-hmm. choice because they were very yeah. confused and like upset. <laughs> not, <laughs> and not in a bad way, like the movie was bad. It was just like, because the pacing is weird, but like I like that type of cinema. So it's just like, yeah. what are we watching? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm interested. Well, I mean, especially the scene where they're like all hanging out in somebody's living room and uh philip seymour hoffman l ron hubbard yeah that's a lot that's a lot of middle names right there yeah yeah uh p s h is playing basically l r h right right um, yes and he's singing and then suddenly everyone's naked yeah or just the women are naked yeah, yeah that was pretty bizarre and i was like huh okay visually this is an interesting yeah. decision um yeah, no. Well, I, I think that also leads us like really well to what we're talking about uh, mm-hmm. today, especially. But yeah, one to- total, totally valid alternative histories of the Earth. <laughs> yeah, well, more or less. The, the, the <laughs> there's a scene in the movie where the one guy goes to like one of these sessions and starts um, mm-hmm. criticizing. I mean, you would know you've seen it. It's one of your favorites. It sounds like. Yes. But he when he criticizes the guy, or not even criticizes, he just asks a lot of questions and like the philip seymour hoffman's lrh character that's name is lancaster dobbs which is already a crazy name um just starts getting angry like once he can't Mm -hmm. once he's losing the crowd because people are becoming aware because the one guy's like i think what he's trying to like recount people's past lives through this like therapy or whatever and it's like none of it makes sense it's like a a complete convolution of different methods and 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 he and he like says you know we're going back trillions of years right to when we were knights Um, which makes complete sense uh it's 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 a mess but like what i think is very kind of fascinating was when the one guy starts asking a lot of questions that are honest and valid yeah he freaks out Mm -hmm. after a while and then like you kind of are like if you're in that trans, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to believe, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman's character because 
you know, he's mm-hmm. being attacked and he shouldn't be. But then you're like, oh, this is how this works. Like, this is how people get yeah. Yeah. Uh, manipulated. And so where that brings me to, as using that as a nice device to get us to what we're talking about, as we walk through our labyrinth that we seem to be talked into, wanted to take mm-hmm. this time to have our exhibit down here in maybe a more unconventional place for a discussion on ancient civilizations and a focus on the city of Atlantis and the myth surrounding it. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I, I think the, the the Scientology or whatever whatever Lancaster Dobbs is uh, yeah. version. It, it was Scientology. It's, it's Scientology, it, yeah. I talked about this all the way back in Exhibit 3, I think. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Like, I it's coded so well that I only think of him as Elrond Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. I I mean it is it is important, you know, it is a work of it is a work of fiction, you know. Um, right. It, telling more of a a more of an allegorical story, but maybe that's kind of what we're getting into with yeah. uh as we look at ancient civilizations because I think I think there's a lot out there that, you know, both in science, but also like a lot in religion that hinges on the idea of something before something. Yes. Something in the shadow of history of our own civilizations. Right, right. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that that's interesting. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that that concept is very fascinating and I think it gets twisted very easily because essentially what I wanted to talk about on this tour, as we get into more historical elements, why we're in a labyrinth, why we chose this specific place for Mm -hmm. the tour to take place. You know, one of the things that I think is interesting is the question is we as human beings have only been on this earth as a species for not that long. If you think about it in terms of the age of the earth itself and one yeah, of the about, things I'm... about two, two million years as mm-hmm. as modern as physiological modern humans right. and the earth is uh you know uh over 4.6 billion years old see there you go zan the number cruncher over here really helping me out when i have no idea of the figures i just know it's old <laughs> but with that you know i i think it's interesting to cater the idea of well okay you know what if something was older than we thought which happens right. sure but even past that or like how do we know you know we think it, we we've talked about the library of alexandria here at the uncanny county museum more than a few times but we did the exhibit on it and there was still that that whole part about the knowledge being lost right where they right, learned how to make yeah. a steam machine in like the 400 bce and then lost how to do it and it took us till the industrial revolution right like that was already made, so you're remaking something, and it's always a remix. So I'm really curious about like what would have happened if some of these ancient civilization mm-hmm. theories are true, just not the way that maybe they're painted. And so, right. you know, because like with Atlantis, for example, I just think we can be blunt and kind of straightforward. I don't think it is this mythological you know, underwater city that Jason Momoa as Aquaman is hanging out in. And it's this whole different thing. I don't think it's the, the movie Atlantis, which is very good and underrated by Disney. You know, I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's this like fairy tale of a so, story. So Plato, uh-huh. so you're telling me that Plato made up Atlantis as an origin story for Aquaman. I really hope so. That would be amazing. Are you kidding me? That would be like the coolest <laughs> canonical thing possible in comic book history. Oh my god! I wonder who who the who who is 
would that make thor the oldest uh comic book character um yeah i get well there's the there's wonder woman's part of the amazons so oh they probably okay, that, beat that... norse mythology are there any comic books about egyptian gods yes yes probably. probably i think black adam is a part of that he's like there for some reason uh oh, don't quote me okay. on these i haven't like i don't really read comic books as much as i used to uh mm-hmm. so i don't know much mm-hmm. about the lore but it is it's, it's quite right. interesting though thinking about it as a story because like even with plato which we're gonna get to definitely gonna talk about him mm-hmm. uh, and where he might be pulling a lot of these these mm-hmm. ideas from but it's... i'll tell you where he's pulling them. he's pulling your leg ah look at that well, I mean, he, yeah, probably, and as Aristotle would have put it too, but it's, it is kind of fascinating, like, even talking about this as a story, because I think, like, you know, us as human beings are very creative and have a very, you know, good imaginations. It's one of our skills. It's a very powerful one. And like we've talked mm-hmm. about on our first exhibit, you know, that's the problem that we run into with a lot of these conspiracy theories, ancient alien theories, other things that diminish the idea of human ingenuity. It's hurtful, it's bad, and it always targets non-Western peoples most times, which is, you know, not great and definitely very... No, no, it has actually been harmful to science history as well as the way that we view the world. And kind of like that you know as as because as we know Atlantis and its history has often been has been co-opted and changed and developed and what i think is interesting though is it seems like this myth and this story that potentially could have started as something true has been morphed into something completely different now in the 21st century that it may have been mm-hmm. read right because without going too much further on my my lengthy rant here and and preface or uh the prologue you know that obviously people in the past in the ancient world, back in ancient Greece, for example, would not have been thinking the way we are now, just because of the difference in lenses, the difference in language and linguistics, and also what we knew. So really here, what we wanted to get into was exploring the potential origin story for where the idea of Atlantis came from, as well as then speculating, you know, what if? Yeah. So you're probably all wondering why we're in a labyrinth, um, and it definitely has nothing to do with the Pine Barrens or being, but it does have something to do with kind of being lost. And so where a lot have um, theories and ideas have been pointing towards when it comes to the city of Atlantis, which maybe or maybe you're not familiar with, has been associating it with the island of Crete and specifically the civilization of the Minoans. Which, if you took a Western Civ class in an American public school, they probably talked about it for like five minutes about, you know, the Minotaur and the labyrinth and the whole mythological story. But this is actually where it comes from. And just in a brief history example, because I guess we should do that. We are a museum and we should prove some Mm -hmm. things. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the... The Palace of Mycenae is discovered in like the mid 1800s, which is in the mainland Greece and kind of led to this whole, you know, looking into ancient civilizations and things that were past that. So there's an English archaeologist by the name of Sir Arthur Evans, who in 1878 discovered on the island of Crete in the Aegean Sea, this place called the Palace of Knossos, which Mm -hmm. was a big big discovery and even in art history it's significantly important it's really you know Mm. it's it was because a lot of it was preserved too and we have a lot of artwork that we'll talk about too involved in it but essentially 
this place was where the myth of the Minotaur comes from because of the king who ruled there named King Minos. Minos? Minos? I don't know. I've also I've, been I've hearing I've heard them. Minos. I've heard Minos, I... but also I've heard Min... Minoans, like Min no, Minoans. I say Minoans, but then I've heard like Minoans or something like that, and I was very confused. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm yes, pronouncing the, it the, right. The, 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 Sar- the Sardinians have sardines. The the Minoans have minnows. <laughs> I get, oh, there you go. Oh my god, <laughs> that's excellent, excellent. So you know, essentially, the Minoans are a very ancient in, in I guess considering yes. now civilization that was one of the first to really flourish in the Mediterranean and developed um so yeah because originally like their culture is deemed to be descendants from Zeus they have a big prominent spot in Greek culture or uh, ancient Greek cultures and myth- mythological hmm. stories which we'll get into uh, but also you know much like the Phoenicians and other seafaring peoples at the time I think they might be older I'm not entirely sure but basically, the Minoans were really good at making uh, trade and money, ah, and they yeah. were seafarers, and they got really I good mean, at making it, boats. It, it helps if you live on an island. It does. I mean, you got to go somewhere, and you got to fish. And luckily, they had a food source all around them, and the agricultural revolution is in full... Well, it, it pretty much just starts at this time, and they they go for it, and basically... They make their money off of trading goods such as wines, you know, olive oil, and ceramics, which they were also mm-hmm. really uh, famous for. And so through this, and then even later on, they're making lots of their money with bronze, metal trades, you know, arts, different things, and they just flourish. Their civilization grows to a really high end. They have different islands that they have cities to trade with. They've colonized different places around the Aegean Sea. Mm-hmm, They're in mm-hmm. full-scale mode where other peoples are still living in kind of like rudimentary like buildings and this stuff, still starting right, the, yeah. the uh, cultures to get um, to get moving, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, without being mm-hmm. condescending, it's that way of just the yeah. time changes. Like, how how mm-hmm. one civilization or one group of people, you know, got the jump on the boat faster and all of a sudden they're in full gear and then the the Greeks, for example, are taking their time and eventually they become mm-hmm, part of that mm-hmm. too. Like, you know what? It's just this very right. bizarre way of how, like, time works. Because, you know, I think they're working at the same time the Egyptians are, like the ancient Egyptians. Right. Okay, so this is... what What's interesting to me is it sounding like that the Greeks are... The, the fact that so much time has already passed, um, you know, by the time we get to think of, like, the Hellenistic age, that this is considered, yeah. you know, the uh, the origins of Greek culture yes. and yes. the sort of thing that they can hearken back to. Exactly. And you can totally see the temptation for any society uh, to want to have a connection like that mm-hmm. um, and to have some sort of through line some sort of story that um you know is all is a precursor is a it's almost like a narrative device yes that's yeah. setting that uh is foreshadowing the greatness of the civilization to come right right um but still is like this kind of like slightly more romanticized mythologized era yeah and i and you know it's interesting because like you can't it's not even that this is something that just the greeks have you know i think most great civilizations would have 
would have had this thing that they they clung to some idea even if it was like in a very specific geography in a very specific time period Mm. everyone would kind of want to have some connection to that legendary era i think you see that in japanese history you see that in english history you could go probably to every one of the you know large empires they all have some connection to a small locality that foreshadowed the the greatness of their civilization and culture yeah no absolutely and that's definitely here for sure this was like and Mm -hmm. and you know just to give like an idea of when this is taking place this is like they're at their they're starting to get at their height money-wise in like 2000 bce so very much mm-hmm. precursing what's going to happen in ancient Greece and right, the stories yeah. that we know. But like one of the things that was so striking to me upon doing some research into this was that like at the time Plato starts to like write about Atlantis and uses those stories and is making most of his writings. So it's about 428 to 347 BCE. The mm-hmm. Minoans are like what we would look at the Romans to be like. They are an ancient civilization Whoa. of the past. <laughs> yeah, it's really crazy. Like they, they would have yeah. been like this this peoples that they knew a little bit about, but enough, like, or they knew enough about them to know that they were probably, you know, they're real, kind of like we do with the mm-hmm. Romans, but there's all these stories surrounding them and all this mythology that really interwoven itself in, like, you know, Jason and yeah, the Argonauts, yeah. the Minotaur in the labyrinth, you know, King Minos sending people down to the labyrinth like this to explore and also get eaten. You, by you his, could also uh, imagine that they, they might have had more remnants of that history at that time. Yeah. You know? Well, like, because mm-hmm. it, 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 you, you know, just like that, that that would have, sure, that would have been further back in the past, but that it, it would have been closer to them. Yeah, um, yeah, but, absolutely. But, but it, it is, it is crazy that they're as far away from it as we are from the Romans. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's the way I, I like I've been thinking about it because it's pretty much almost close in terms mm-hmm. of even dates where like. You know, there is that separation and things have changed pretty drastically. But like even with like the myth of the Minotaur too, like one thing that's notable about the Minoan culture was that, and this is just through like art history and and Mm -hmm. objects that were found, like they very much centered a lot of their culture around the bowl. That was like their symbol of what they were doing besides that and then also mm-hmm. their like celebration of women and, and peoples and the way they depicted people. I mean the art is gorgeous. Definitely like as we can see some frescoes on the wall here, they're incredible with colors. Um and these are just recreations because we cannot uh afford the the true ones and we don't want to move them. <laughs> but like mm-hmm. um even like the bold jumper for instance as we're looking at this one yeah. here is one of the more famous frescoes of this time and of this culture. Oh, yes. And so like you could assume that this is go- this imagery is going to uh, uh, you know influence um mm-hmm. other peoples who are seeing this and what they think about it and so on. And so, you know, mm-hmm. but one of the things that in speed running going over Minoan culture, I know we could spend forever on it. Um but to kind of get us into like okay well we're talking about atlantis so how does this factor in even though it's just a you know Mm -hmm. mediterranean culture well like one of the things that's also interesting to consider is that in 1750 bce there's a massive earthquake that happens and it wiped out a lot of their buildings and then Mm -hmm. as well as later on there's a volcano that erupted and destroys the island of santorini which was like a massive mm-hmm. trading city. This is like one of their most important ones to the north of Crete. Mm-hmm. 
and it like devastated everything. And I'm and oh, I'm moving gosh. like towards the end of the civilization because essentially what happens is the volcano erupts, the city sinks, literally sinks into the ground because it was built on the coast, and the area like the air quality is polluted because of the ash spewing out. So because it's oh, so close to Crete, their crops are destroyed because of, you know, how mm-hmm. that works and what happens when volcanoes erupt. And so their food products and and what they were going to eat is destroyed. So the civilization begins to crack like crazy and it just falls apart, you know, down to like yeah. actual savagery. I, I I know like in how I was reading there was there was like uh, mentions of like cannibalism and I was like, okay, I don't know about that, but it's possible. You know, it, it, it's like basically mm-hmm. Mad Max, but like ancient times. And it wow. just, it's done. Wow. Uh, so, so Mad Maximilian. Oh my God. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Incredible. Yes. Although I guess they, they, they wouldn't speak Latin. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What, I, you know, see, see th- this is, this is the hard thing. It's hard to not conflate all of these things together well, yeah. because we, we just, we just think of antiquity, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's big like, white pillar and, and a, and a bust of whoever, right? Like, yeah. It, it all it all kind of blends together in this way because we're kind of taught to it for it to look that way, right? And mm-hmm. it doesn't like there's obviously in all Mediterranean cultures there's going to be common yeah. threads because uh they all traded yeah. with each other and they all knew each yes. other. So there was like, hey, you have this, I have this. You know, I'm going to give you olive oil and you're going to give me this wine and I'm going to give you that. Mm-hmm. And then we figured out how to mm-hmm. make sails and the Phoenicians had the color purple. Like you know, it's all these random little bits of information that make their way and then people's will design their own cultures based on their own interests and then it you know it it kind of shapes well because like one of the reads that i one of the hot takes i've heard recently is that looking at western civ as you know a linear progression like you know that there is some connection between us now and the ancient greeks is itself white supremacist propaganda Mm. and i can understand that to a certain extent like you know that white supremacists for one reason or another have this idea of high classical hellenistic culture um you know again foreshadowing uh nazis i guess yeah i can understand that as something that is propagated in a fascist society what I will also say is, yeah, a lot of these cultures were separated by time and geography and were not directly related, but I don't think you can deny how much a lot of those Mediterranean civilizations and later European civilizations clung to some idea or some connection that they could make to this world Mm. so i feel like i feel like in a way they almost manifested that themselves that yeah it's it's a self-fulfillment you know that there's not really a connection culturally between julius caesar and you know the weimar republic (laughs) right but you you can't deny uh the imperial aspirations of germany you know in the uh late late 19th early 20th century yeah. y- you can't you know say that they weren't in at least some part inspired by this vague idea of 
of antiquity and restoring uh the world to some more uh uh what what they thought was you know a more proper Mm. uh Mm -hmm. order you know and that's when you get into all of this incredibly gross you know disgusting stuff i just i just think that the read that none of this has anything to do with us is a little hyperbolic because this does this does have something to do with us this yeah we can we can trace art and architecture that we have now that we use back to this island in the mediterranean thousands of years ago and that's kind of amazing yeah it is it kind of is it it, yeah like this this is an amazing thing it sucks that (laughs) white supremacists ruin everything like yeah, they always yeah. do that's you know literally though that's what happened and happens consistently it's it's that that is the problem it's that problematic lens is that that way of going about this and explaining history through this very whitewashed lens and this very you know, white supremacist lens that's what it, you know and and it's it's unfortunate but it's also like you know, because, yeah, the, these cultures are intermingling and they are talking with each other. And this is yeah. also just like how the world worked. And that's often yeah. overshadowed by the idea of like, you know, when you start to find out that the Atlanteans actually existed and they're the Aryans and they come from this specific thing and they're the true, you know, how it goes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you are you, are you spending any time on 8chan? Do we need to talk? No. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, no, this is a bit, sir. This is a joke. (laughs) Yes. Um, But, okay, so you've got this ancient civilization that was pretty advanced by a lot of standards of the day uh, Uh in the region, uh and then it suddenly suddenly crumbles uh, due to a cataclysm. Yep. And falls and takes on a legendary uh, kind, yeah. of, kind of feel to it. Pretty so, much. so are you going with this? Where I think you're going? Well, this Atlantis. Well, I personally am not going to abide by this, but mm-hmm. I think there's a level of int- there's something very interesting here, and this is kind of how I want to go right. about explaining it. So, because we mm-hmm. do have one last part of the story, though, because we got to get up to Mister Plato. Uh, who every time I say it because I'm from Jersey and I can't pronounce my T, it sounds like I'm saying Play-Doh. So that's something I've mm. observed recently. <laughs> it smelled so it, it, it smelled so good, but yeah. like, I somehow never ate it. That's good. I kept myself. That's good. I don't it. know if I ate it. I don't think so. I think when you get those sugar cookies with the frosting, um, oh, like you know, you yes. can get it like a supermarket. Oh, the best. I think I think that scratches the itch yeah. that we've all had to want to eat Yeah, Play-Doh. that'll do it. That definitely does it. Hi there. My name is Colby White, and I'm one of the hosts from Force Football Facts, a podcast where my friend Zachary and I force our other friend Tyrell to give us insights into the game, even though he doesn't know anything about it. We use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much. You can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. But yeah, so with with Plato's creation of Atlantis and the story and how it's kind of made its way all the way, you know, to now, essentially. Yeah. What a lot of this is pointed at as a potential theory is that, 
you know, he got the idea or the inspiration from the cataclysm and the destruction of the Minoan mm-hmm. society. Because if you look at the similarities right. and even the way things timed up, that you have a civilization of, you know, Mediterranean seafaring people who were technologically advanced at the time who all of a sudden destroyed them, you know, not even on purpose. We don't actually, we don't right. actually know. Obviously this is just geographic mm-hmm. or geologically. What we see is that a volcano explodes and they're pretty much done within a couple of years later. And mm-hmm. you know that he would have known this. They knew about this. I mm-hmm. mean, more mythological, mm-hmm. but they knew about it even as a, as a right, thing. Cause yeah. they obviously would have had the effects of that too. And this is theor- it's theorized as a possibility for where the story comes from. That could have been the inspiration that he had. Now, in um as as well as a possibility, though, you know, there's potential that it's not just from this. Although hmm. I think then we start to leave a bit of the scientific realm and we enter into just idea. Right. So before I describe my personal idea, because we don't need to necessarily hear it, because I'm not basing (laughs) any of this on like, you know, we're basing this on science because as soon as you leave the realm of science and and observation and general like, um, uh, non object, what is it? It's objective viewing, right? Like we don't want to look at this an emotional viewpoint. We don't want to say no. There has to be Atlantis because it's cool and it has to exist. Just like you know, that's why we don't always condone you know, conspiracy theories or even a lot of the ancient alien theories, as cool as it sounds, go read Dune. It's more interesting. Go watch yeah, Star go, Wars. Go, like, go, go, go watch Atlantis. You go, know? Yes, it's a great film. Aquaman was pretty good too. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Jason Momoa is a great actor. I love him. But, you know, it is the, the difference and it's fiction. And I think we need to look at that a bit more here too. So, mm-hmm. but in, in kind of like moving on and kind of starting to conclude a lot of these ideas. One of the things I was really interested in and has been kind of itching at me for a bit was like, are there any scientific papers out there? Or is anybody writing or researching about, you know, is it possible? And not in like a very much out, because you're you If you look that up, if you say, is Atlantis real, you're going to find a crazy amount of websites that are like coded and look like they're from the nineties. <laughs> that will be like the truth <laughs> about Atlantis. And if you see again, right. I think Zan brought this up in one of our earlier tours. If anything says the truth about something, it's not true. Most likely it's not true yeah. because that's already a bold way to like get mm-hmm. your attention. And it's usually yeah. not like there's some, well, there's some skepticism. Yeah. There. Well, there's that, that, that interesting space in the middle of a Venn diagram of aliens, uh, new age spirituality in Atlantis. Yes. It's just sort of, it's just sort of that sweet spot. And it's, I mean, I'm basically like kind of describing Sedona, Arizona, Uh, you know? Yeah. Have been can confirm (laughs) a lot of turquoise, a lot of turquoise. Yeah. But I think, I think it is interesting. The, the new age connection, um, to to atlantis that i i don't entirely understand but i i guess that people because uh there are people that want to look at aliens as just or science fiction really like this in, this basically like kind of they're they're futurists in, I mean, in a certain sense yeah uh <laughs> but people that want to have some sort of spirituality built around a science fiction mm-hmm, angle mm-hmm. 
this is where you kind of get into like people that will read uh the book of enoch and yes, Ju- yes. and jubilees and you know they're like who are the watchers oh my god you know yeah what if what if angels are actually aliens or uh <gasps> yeah. not just not just are angels aliens, but are aliens angels? Oh, there we go. Do giants exist? Do they walk their yes. earth? Yes. You know, it's... Uh... Yes. <sighs> but, because all of that, that stuff is the interesting, tantalizing stuff that exists in our texts that we have that are thousands of years old. Of course. Um, I, I've talked about this before, just that... It's only really like a, a a sentence before the Bible gets into the Noah story, um, where it says, you know, those were, um, you know, the days of great heroes and everything. And you know, there's basically right. a, a a whole book of the Bible is missing right there, and it's it's the the book of Enoch and Jubilees mainly. Mm. But it's it's just so it's just so tantalizing that even like these these things that are supposed to be that we think of as definitive texts make reference to other things that we have now lost in history right right even even in the sense of like the greeks we you know it's true like we'll have the writings of homer and plato and sophocles but all of those guys were writing um or composing really mm. you know in in the case of homer you know uh a so, something that was meant to be complementary to everything else that was to all of the other traditions written and oral that would have existed in their own times exactly. there would have been one of the things that was really imparted to me in school was that it was not a plot twist <laughs> to the audience that oedipus uh slept with his mom Hmm. the oedipus story was known all of the people watching that play would have known the entire story the the interesting thing the tension of greek theater was not what's going to happen it's how oh interesting what sophocles did as as an author that was interesting was how it was revealed to Oedipus that um, he had killed his father and married his mother. Like that, that story already existed. It was Sophocles interpretation is what we have today. And for all we know, there were an enormous multitude. Maybe it was even like, uh, there, there, there might've been so much more, of this but you know really what we have are is the definitive sophocles version yeah so huh. all of these writings if you take them in the context of the time they were written it would have been somewhat expected that the audience learned people of the day would have known all of these things would have mm. been aware of them on some level yeah interesting i it's kind of like if it I'm going to simplify this really badly, but it's like if Uh everybody read the book and then you get to go watch the movie, but like a long time later, you know, where it's like, you know, the story, you know, the tropes, but then you get to kind of re-envision it and see it in a completely different way. I mean, I guess it's like theater in in general. Well, in another way, it's kind of, again, to make kind of a dumb comparison, it's the way that 
you know, both you and I in our short lifetimes have seen, you know, at least three or four, five different iterations of Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah, literally, yeah. And we know what happens. I remember, like, when there was supposed to be a new Spider-Man, I I think at that point it was the launch of the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all the jokes, if, like, if they show us... Uncle Ben getting shot one more time. Yeah. I'm going to kill him myself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and they skipped like, over we it. We all know what happens. Yeah. yeah. We don't well, need a I recap. Mean, yeah. I, I think that's, that's the thing. That's the thing about Batman to some level as well. We don't always need to see the origin story of Batman because we can't, we, we, we kind of know. know. Yeah. We know we don't need to, yeah. it's, it, you can rely that the audience knows what you're talking about. You don't have to re show them everything. Right. And right. I think even like, yeah, like just that way of telling a myth and telling a story or how a story gets passed down. And, and, and I think, uh, yeah, like even in the, in the book of Enoch and the, cause it is, it is interesting. It's cool. It's fun. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think if I yeah. was a kid and I knew about that being in like Catholic school, I would have been interested because that's the well, only feels, fun it part. It feels like science fiction. It yes, feels like, yeah, exactly. it feels like science fiction in exactly. religion. Exactly. And like this, this is my like, even part of my like whole working theory that maybe eventually I'll research into. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But I'm very much mm. curious about this relationship between it all like let's just you know aliens atlantis conspiracy theories ancient civilization whatever you want to call it like all of these things that are all interwoven with the same agenda of like right crazy science fiction themes like it's not even like hey there's probably an older civilization of humans that existed it's no actually they're from the planet wherever and they came here and it's all this whole thing and yeah. it's, it's it's like i i feel that a lot of it mm. is an it's a answer to where religion has mainstream religion has maybe failed some people and where secularism secularism wasn't enough and this is like a middle ground but it's also become this whole twisted thing too and Mm -hmm. like because you know this can get this gets bad and dark really quick it's never something that's too harmless well well even if you're like still in the uh, Sedona, Arizona world of spirituality. Yeah. Um, you know, the, they, they want to cling to some idea of Jesus. They like, right. They, they clearly like, you know, the, the lovey dovier parts of Christianity. Of and in a lot, in a lot of ways, I don't think we can understate how much Christianity has had an impact on, you know, an idea you know, some uh-huh. some idea of morality, you know, across a lot of cultures. Sure, yeah. You know, so there, there's clearly all of these things, like, that they, they want to have from, you know, linking Abrahamic religion to some sort of, some sort of reform. Because, you know, when science, again, was uh, during, like, the Enlightenment era, and then later with the like proper scientific revolution and the industrial revolution, all this stuff. When, when that took over, there was, you know, an interest in Lemuria later. This comes much later. Yeah. But, you know, that, 
Lemuria was pretty quickly disproven as a concept. This is going all the way back to our very first exhibit. Mm -hmm. I, I talk a little bit about Lemuria. I can, I guess, recap it briefly. But there was this idea that there must have been a land bridge. But before, I should say this, before scientists understood plate tectonics, they were still trying to understand why you found fossils of animals that say would be unique to Africa and Madagascar, like lemurs, why you would find lemur fossils in yeah. Asia where there are no living lemurs. Um, and the, the suggestion was there was a land bridge between right. them. Right, right, full of lemurs. Yes, a land bridge full of lemurs. Uh, <laughs> um, and this would have basically been a land bridge in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Mm -hmm. And now we understand plate tectonics and we can be like, oh, no, actually, India just used to be attached to Africa, broke off and yeah. slammed into Asia. And now we have India and the Himalayan mountains. Exactly. But Lemuria has, again, persisted. Again, a, a idea proposed by science, mm -hmm. um, adopted by New Age spirituality, and then le discarded, left behind by science, but people still cling to it. And it's interesting hearing people talk about where Lemuria might have been. And it's like, it's called Lemuria because it was supposed to be in the Indian Ocean to solve a lemur mystery. <laughs> I know. Why Why are people talking about how Lemuria was actually uh, over here in the Atlantic and they were in contact with the Atlanteans? Because it's a lore. Um, it's become this whole lore of a story that doesn't really exist. But it, it's, it's kind of hilarious because it's completely <laughs> gotten away from the idea, yeah. again, the flawed idea of what Lemuria's purpose even was. Exactly. It was... It was suddenly like a the, the the slimmest bit of scientific validation for some great age preceding our own. Right. Um. And I feel like that's what Atlantis gives to a lot of people. It's, yeah. I mean, even yes. any, even in the even in the last year, did uh, I, and I even think we talked about it here. The cult love has won. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cult, the cult leader, she got uh, mummified. Oh my, I don't know. Uh, Did we talk about it? We might have talked about it on 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 here, but not enough, not clearly. A, yeah, because that was a whole thing. Jesus. Yeah, but you know the whole uh, the 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 crazy thing about it is listening to her talk about how she's uh, a reincarnation of this person and that person. And, yeah, you know, they always are like, I'm a reincarnation of. Cleopatra and Marilyn Monroe, you know, the only two women in history. Right, of course. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and that, but also there's aliens, yes. but also there's Atlantis. Yes. And also reincarnation of uh, Donald Trump and God and Jesus. Of course, all the, tr um, the Trinity right there. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, no. It's 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 so it's so ridiculous but the the thing about all of this that's always amazed me is the specificity yes yeah i agree it's it is so specific they're like they're not just talking about like vague there were these people and they were known for this thing it was no there was this specific person who did this specific thing 
thousands of years ago and they are me Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it's like like when you consider even if you want to consider plato as a source for atlantis there's all this stuff that people say Atlantis was supposed to have. I know. And I always get the impression that Plato never wrote about any of he this. He didn't. That's the thing. It's what's so confusing. And it's like, and this this leads me into like a whole question of like, okay, you know, and and also like ask people this if you're curious because you don't have to like not believe in Atlantis. It's I'm sorry, you don't have to like either take the crazy cult-like look at Atlantis or not at all, right? Like, there's a mi- there's got to be a middle ground somewhere if this is even an actual thing. Because, like, if you ask, you know, okay, are Atlanteans humans or not? Try getting an answer because it's really confusing because they say that's that's where it gets weird because that's the thing because throughout history and in general, if you follow the kind of lore of this, they're supposed to be like the Romans pretty much advanced civilization top of their game really doing stuff like crazy maybe they figured out how to make houses and machines like we did and then boom all gone okay fair enough pretty clear and simple like human failure hubris story right got or icarus got too close to the sun you burned yourself you're gone and that's kind of always what i've understood and i could see that very much being true in the way of like a human civilization maybe maybe it's not human maybe it's something else i don't know but it's definitely not something crazy alien you know whatever i don't think it's in this like I think it's just it's, it, I think that's where the myth got twisted. I think this is where mm-hmm. something of a story that is, you know, pretty similar to like how the book of revelations is in referencing to the Roman Empire falling and collapsing. Like this is a trope, this is a story that happens. I think it is I have I have a gentleman that uh screams on uh, my street corner that I'd love to introduce you to. He takes book of revelations in a very different way. Oh yeah, how how is he connected to like what's happening now? Uh, yes, that oh. the mark of the beast is actually uh, okay. our uh, vaccination card. Cool, 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 cool. Before the printing press, I love it. <laughs> they, yes, they they yes. knew it. They just knew yeah, back then. Yeah, which like <laughs> I know there's a lot of different reads about like revelations and stuff, and I know even like my understanding is that Catholicism doesn't even really I've, focus. I've on never it that learned much. it. No one in my family knows what it is. I knew it because of the American Dad episode like yes. never knew what it was because it's they're like this is bizarre like this is weird mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about that saint that got shot seven times with arrows and we're also gonna go talk about the other ones that are pretty crazy that is saint francis stephen i think or sebastian Steve? no it might be sebastian sebastian, it's sebastian sebastian it is sebastian i should know this yes. i should For, know this. saint francis liked animals yeah yeah but then there's two there's saint francis and saint francis of assisi i forget what the first one does yeah anyway okay but it's anyway it's, its own mythology um, in but no, no, no. this is yeah i think i think we could look at this as plato would have assumed that people at least learned people whatever the the population of probably aristocrats and men that would have read the work would have been familiar with the Minoans. Yep. And he wrote an allegory to fit into his idea for Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, we also have that. Yeah. And an idea of a utopia and it, it sounds it sounds pretty allegorical. It sounds, you know, uh, it's a real, um, 
Uh, did you ever see the Prince of Persia movie I with Jake did, Gyllenhaal? I did. I did. Yeah. And it was like kind of an, in it was kind of an allegory for uh invading Iraq under false pretenses. Yeah, you know, I never thought about it that way because I watched it kind of young. But yeah, 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 huh. yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go rewatch that. <laughs> they were video games Don't. first. Yeah, I know it's rough. They were video games, believe yeah. it or not, first, and like the PS2, which is kind of wild. Uh, so. Yeah, I think I think that was again. I didn't grow up with video games, so yeah. I I think in retrospect I can recognize like, oh, this was based off of something. Yeah, it's got that same kind of it never based worked on out a vibe. real video game. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, I do think it's it is like that, right? Like it very much feels like it is this narrative story because I think as i don't cuz it's like like i said i'm not i never try to approach these things of like no it has to be the pessimistic viewpoint it has to be this and this is the only way because science says so and we figured it out and it's like okay well we don't know what we're going to find in the next like 500,000 years right like we don't know things always change that is fine and we can change the timeline and as archaeology has proved you know things we date things farther back every year because we just keep finding things so there is no definite answer in this way but there is a methodology for finding it and there is room for critical thinking and reasoning because we have so much you know information to dig through and so much of it is false and so much of it is manipulated and changed and hate speech and terrible ideas that you know, inform white supremacy that inform these good and bad narratives that never end well. And these things that mm-hmm. very much take the story into a whole different way. And that's kind of what it is. It's a story. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing that for so long. And the thing too is like, is it the Minoans? I don't know. It might be, it fits pretty well. That's why everybody's like, it's probably him just like responding to this. And that would make sense. Cause it does make logical mm-hmm. sense. But we don't even know much about the Minoans. So hypothetically, they could have been more advanced than we think. They could be, or, or we, any. We couldn't have just. We couldn't have just asked Plato. Did they have bulls? We we could have. What, what bulls or bowls? Bulls. Yes. You know, I had a. I had a. Uh, I had a teacher in a weaving class. She is very southern. Ah. Um, and she's like, "Make sure you ball the wool." I was like, "What? <laughs> ball the wool?" Okay. Say again, bald wool. Yeah, no, I'm not getting that. Bald wool. I'm like, ball the wool, bowl the wool. Right. And then I realize she's saying boil the wool. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I was also like, ball the wool. Like, I don't understand. Accents are so fascinating to me. I love language. Oh, yes. Love language. That's yes. another part of this is that we're all, you know, not to just randomly jump on that. Um, Language plays a huge factor into this, too. How do things get translated from that long ago? Is it actually that accurate, or is it not? How do we have the linguistic differences? That's me reaching. Yeah. That's me reaching on this. But, but, yeah. but the Well, I mean, even if, even if you consider how long it took us to, like, eventually figure out ancient Egyptian... Yeah, yes, you know, which that, is... Oh. Yeah. I mean, but that that's even something that also, like, finds itself um, being brought into that same brand of New Age spirituality... Yeah, with all the gods being real for some reason, and they pick yeah. and choose who gets to be real, which has always been my beef with that idea. Um, mm-hmm. Like that, I that like the Greek gods could be real, but does that mean all the Hindu gods are real? Like all three million plus 
um, or like all mythology, or is it just the ones you know, that we've popularized? How's that work? <laughs> um, it's I mean, it, it's very it's very Ozymandias in my mind. You know, oh, like yeah. it's 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 whoever remembers you and can say your name. That's the power. You know, mm. then you still have some power. Love Breaking Bad. Um, yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Say my name, Ozymandias. Cool. <laughs> but the the thing to not lose sight of is is that there probably are um, ancient civilizations that we just don't know about. But I also think that I mean, were they in contact with reptilians yeah. and um, greys? Uh, and trying to harvest humanity's organ energy. Um, that, that's that's a, that's another topic. Um, yeah, I, it's it's the people that are insistent that there are things buried underneath the ice of Antarctica, the Hyperboreans. Oh man, uh, yeah. The um, uh, the, you know the, the people that want to say that there's an there's a chamber underneath the Sphinx that you know yes. has the the truth the truth of history. Oh, it's the Atlantean and, Archive. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. go figure. It's, but you know, it, on the one hand, we can kind of be fascinated by these things and be like, okay, well, there probably was a civilization that predated the ancient what we think of as the ancient Egyptians. They were. For sure. You know, for for Pete's sake, they were they were there for thousands of years. Yeah, you know that there, there's probably stuff that we just haven't discovered yet. Stuff we might not ever discover. Exactly. It, it, I it, I know it's it's a it's a tropey thing to throw around, but a factoid to throw around. But I still think it's fascinating. You know, um, Cleopatra being born closer to the moon landing than the pyramids being built. That is so bizarre. You know, I'm sorry, that blows Isn't my mind it? every time I hear it. Like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the pyramids are being built and they're still woolly mammoths. That's um, also still crazy to me, the way that time... That's Yeah, and that's the thing, how time functions, yeah. the timing between all of these events. Yeah. You know, like, even a thought I was kind of having the other day about thinking about how much of Earth's history, like, things happened before life exists but like the eye didn't evolve yet think of the things that just existed mm. and there was nothing to look there was nothing to even witness it and see it and then suddenly you're a creature that can see for the first time and suddenly you can be a witness and granted you're just like a trilobite or something right you right really don't give it and you really don't give a shit right um but yeah that's um that that that's been plaguing my brain for a while are mm. sort of the the frustration and the anxiety around the fact that there is no witness to a lot of this history you know that yeah we 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 can't ever be a hundred percent sure about a lot of this stuff um right yeah it, it comes up in the states a lot as we like as archaeology tries to you know determine uh you know when humans first arrived in uh, North and South America, and unfortunately, that's also a a uh, a question of a question that you know can feel uh, loaded in terms of uh, 
in terms of how much Native Americans are cl- included in the study of themselves. Mm, true. Um, yeah. You know, the, you know, the Clovis first hypothesis has been partially disproven. However, we know the Clovis existed. We have their spear points. We know yeah. they got to the Americas and we know they were some of the first people in the Americas, just maybe not the first. That's just how science works. It's not gospel. What I think a lot of these people are looking for is gospel, is some sort of truth that predates our own world. And in some ways, this fits so perfectly into fascism because fascism uh, almost does not work without a mythical past, you know, yeah. like that you can that you can say we are fulfilling the Romans, the Atlanteans, the Aryans. Um you know this this is uh this this is this is uh, a component of it it's it's almost why new age spirituality i i think at least lends itself so well to cult leaders yes it literally because it's so easy to manipulate and to change and to force that yeah that fascist thinking because that's what it is and that's why it's so scary in dealing with mm-hmm. it because it's not spiritual a lot of it you know, there's mm-hmm. there is like that idea, like we said, like because I always found that interesting, um, of how Christianity or yeah, more Christianity, I think, of how like because the general early Christian ideas of like morality and lessons and Jesus and et cetera, you know, you hear a lot of cult leaders talk about that, and it was always like, how does that work? Because again, mm-hmm. being raised Catholic and also coming at it at that angle, it's like it it's more like frustrating at times or complicated or not that interesting for lack of a better word but then Mm -hmm. like you know there's also this blend of mythology and of spirituality reincarnation all kinds of things that are totally butchered from their origin stories and get Mm -hmm. like put into this really bad false category i mean i guess i can't no no we can disprove it because it's just like it's manipulation at a lot of the times Mm -hmm. and it's forcing or enforcing the idea of we are from descendant from these people and we need to continue on that path or we need to bring it back or bring right. awareness. And it's like, you know, first of all, it shouldn't even matter. That's the thing. It's mm-hmm. like, if Atlantis exists, cool. Done. It doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. But unfortunately, yeah. it is now a big deal. <laughs> because, right, like, I mean, you're not going to find it underwater. You're not going to find any of these, like, people just hanging out under the seas. I mean, it would be very cool. I mean, I guess if, yeah. you know, if you could have like an Aquaman situation and they could be like, hey, what's going on? Like, this is some, this is crazy um, about, <laughs> of how people have twisted it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it doesn't even matter anymore because it's taken in this whole different form and it's become a very terrifying one and a very bad one, you know, mm-hmm, like just how mm-hmm. it's gone and where it continues to go from, even though we've learned, right? Like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is not. It's not new to the certain extent of where this myth has gotten us and where it is, how it has been um, propelled by white mm-hmm. supremacy. And it continues to do so. And it's just very frustrating, I think. And that's, and w- without yeah. going on to, you know, and ranting and complaining mm-hmm. is a lot, but it's just mm-hmm. like, it is very annoying. No, it's, um, I mean, it, it it can be insanely frustrating. Like, you can be having a fun conversation with someone and suddenly you can feel the conversation, like, take, like, a sinister tone. Like, if yeah. they, like, let, let out a little bit of of a hint that, you know, they've they've dipped into 
uh, some of this stuff, because I think a lot of people get into it not, you know, yeah. if you're fascinated with, you know, you're into all these um, modern myths and legends, because we have to also acknowledge, like, so much of this stuff is, like, borderline contemporary. Yes, you know, yes. Since, since there are no, there are no primary sources, you know, th- there's people that get into this not thinking. I want to find support for being a fascist, right? You right. Know, I don't think. I don't think people always think that stuff through. Even I'm, mm-hmm. I'm even enough of. I'm generous enough and maybe I'm too generous with giving people the benefit of the doubt that even people that like, you know, make media that we now, you know, find cringy or something because Uh of the the implications it gives. I don't even think that like a lot of creators necessarily are that sinister and that evil that they think fully about the implications of their media. And maybe they're just more fixated on telling their story right you know that's it it, it's it's enough of it's uh it it's it i i think it's a it's a fair assessment that you know that's not what Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. not what a lot of people intend out of this that they're not necessarily secret fascists but that you know I, I think it's better to recognize the things that we all like that could potentially lead to something like that, you know? Yeah. I don't think I don't think if you like Harry Potter you believe in magical bloodlines. <laughs> right. Or right. or or Star Wars even for that matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um it's uh it, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to lead you down that path i think it's just it's just understanding a broader cultural context of how we like to think of continuity of of power and culture you know that it's you know it it even comes into a larger question of like what what we want to be proud of heritage wise you know right Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, and I think you put it really well, too, where it's not, I don't think it's that thought through by a lot of people. I don't think people really do think about it in that critical lens, and that's not, and and I don't don't think they have to always No, I agree, 100%, yeah, I don't don't think you do, because I don't know if we, I balance that out a lot, and I don't know where I stand yet, and because, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think we need to be, I don't want I don't think people need to always be critical of everything they do a hundred hundred percent and always be like mm-hmm. that unfortunate thing that happens where it's either this or you're done. If you didn't do the right thing, it's right. over. But at the same time, I do think we do need to interrogate media a little bit because it is important to analyze something you're watching or reading or taking mm-hmm. in. But I also don't think that that needs to determine whether or not you need to get rid of it or remove it because that leads to other problems so it's like i i do think there's Mm -hmm. like a balance but at the same time you know because that's that's where a lot of this gets can i think that's where a lot of this happens because you might be interested in ancient history and myths Mm -hmm. and different things and then all of a sudden you find yourself looking at atlantis more closely and then all of a sudden you're looking at lemuria and hyperborea and all these other places Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. it's like a it's a pipeline it gets you sucked in and it's not even about fascism and then all of a sudden you're supporting all these crazy ideas that i mean we will look at as crazy and then it's like oh 
you got there. And they, they don't realize yeah. it. And it's very saddening. And it's very and that's why it's like frustrating. And that's why I get very frustrated with it. Because it's like, how do you convince people out of it? Because it doesn't yeah. have to be that. But if you look at these things, maybe in a critical lens or maybe not, but more or less like, I think, I think what the answer, maybe the answer, proposed answer is asking questions. Why? Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. Who? Where? And when? You know, like, those are just the starts of questions, obviously. But like, you know, who is, nah, who yeah. are the Atlanteans? How are they there? Where did you get your source from? Why do you believe that? Like, it's gospel, right? Because it's always one mm-hmm. primary source from some guy or someone on the internet right, who, right. or or what whoever is deciding to, whether it be a cult leader yeah. or not, that's deciding to form the narrative. And I think that begs a question. Why them? Why are you reading this like it's the Bible, right? Why does it have, or any right. scripture? No, honestly, the Bible, because it's the one that gets used all the time to declare something, like the guy you're saying that's saying that the Mark of the Beast is vaccine um, cards, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just that question of, like, how do you determine what is real or not? And that's why my theory around it, my idea around Atlantis and why I've been, how I've been sitting with this is like, no, it doesn't have to be not real in a sense. Right. But it doesn't have to be this crazy myth of a story where aliens and reptilians and there's all this, you know, intergalactic battles that exist. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be this thing, the civilization that maybe we missed and maybe Mm -hmm. did get further. And then it didn't because that does Mm -hmm. happen. You know, the Indus river Valley, for instance, of, of a civilization that had, Pipes and also I, that's one thing the Minoans had were pipes and indoor mm-hmm. plumbing and all types of advancements that like you're not going to see mm-hmm. for a while, uh, and that's yeah. a, that's a consistent factor in our you know existence where we invent things we create them it falls apart we start over there's a reason we have post apocalyptic tropes and stories so mm-hmm. without I think going too much into just constantly <laughs> I think getting yeah. I hope that, <laughs> I'm sorry to our tour here if that got a little like passionate but it is this like. You know, I don't know. I think it's just worth questioning and thinking about and mm-hmm. to really consider. And, and you know, there is evidence to support, of course, that there are civilizations that are that existed earlier in the Mediterranean Sea, near Sicily, you know, in mm-hmm. in, in these areas. Yeah. And, and, and I think I think remembering, too, it is a um, it is a geologically active zone as well. The yeah. Mediterranean the Mediterranean is like um, ever so slightly shrinking. Oh yeah, you know, as the uh, as the the oceanic crust is subducted beneath the the continental crust. You know, this is why there's right. volcanic activity. This is why there's um, volcanoes and and earthquakes in in and around the Mediterranean. You know, it, it the the Earth is living and breathing and can very easily you know kind of erase a lot of these things. It doesn't just because it's you know just just because it seems impossible to you, it does not mean it had to be aliens exactly um, exactly or, or Atlanteans. You know, looking at looking at a pyramid because like you know people want to talk about the pyramids are you know, perfectly designed um, to to stand up for, for eons. And it's like, yeah, because <laughs> they were built as pyramids, you know? Yeah, it's a it, triangle. The, the, <laughs> the, strong, the strongest shape, you know? Yeah, literally. Like, you, you know, because, like, here's the thing. The Egyptians built things in other shapes, too. Just, you know which one kept standing? 
the triangle. Yeah, I wonder the, why. All, 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 all the square stuff, uh, you know, eventually fell down. I mean, not I mean, there's there's some pillars and stuff left, but you, you know what I'm well, saying. Well, even like, but even a cylinder has like this one of uh, some of the most strength for keeping up. Like there are they figure it out that hey, uh, this shape stays up and this one doesn't, and it they just yeah. design things that way. But also, like as my art history professor in undergrad put it. Like literally every civilization, because it was you know every civilization essentially has a pyramid or a ziggurat or mm-hmm. some sort of like triangular form that's thicker at the bottom, smaller at the top, and you know why? Mm-hmm. Because people figured out how to build up, and that's the easiest way to mm-hmm. do it. Literally, that is the mm-hmm. easiest way mm-hmm. to do it. The Egyptians just smoothed it out, so it's like it, it, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. impossible. And I know like yes, I I actually it's been a very long time, so this might have been proven by now, and I haven't looked it up, but like. I know there was like with the the pyramids, there was a whole thing about like they don't know what the mixture of con- like it's not concrete, but the paste they used to stick everything together was. But it's like that's not that big of a that's not a conspiracy, <laughs> right? Like, it's not that big of a deal. It's like it and it yeah. And also like it's crazy because we don't talk about how much like that where they're built wasn't even like a desert, right? It was totally yeah. flourishing, and they had flora and all other types of stuff there because of the Nile river and it's egypt looks like an entirely different place so it's just like it's so much more interesting than oh aliens did it because they couldn't it's also the thing of it's so hard to imagine that far back in time because even if you look at stonehenge and we just don't have we don't have any connection to that like exactly so i think i think much like looking at cave art it's immediately just becomes a mirror it's yeah it's a mirror of of you know what whatever you can think is the reason yes that you know something like this is built you know and it's it's uh you know you you can feel haunted by you know all of these people you'll never know and a language you'll never hear and yeah. you know that that that's that i think is the more uncomfortable i'd say sublime feeling of looking at any ancient civilization stuff is just the ultimate uh tragedy of we cannot know and we want to know that's my struggle every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) with all of this that's why i'm so interested because you know we won't we probably won't know Mm -hmm. that's the reality and it's terrifying but there is that sublime feeling to it too, right? Where you have to kind of sit with that and wonder. And then if you think about mm-hmm. it, even into the future, thousands of years from now, someone might do the same thing for us living in the 21st century, right? What was it like? I wonder, yeah. depending on what's lost. And I just think all of that compile. Actually, that's so great. Yeah, you know, it's like being lost mm-hmm. in this labyrinth, right? You don't yeah. know what remains and what doesn't. I, I think it is this it's this question that will never get answered. And just because it doesn't seem, yeah, just because it doesn't seem possible by human hands doesn't mean it wasn't right. Like, how yeah. do you know? How do we know? We don't, we know what we know based know. on I, our own I've, visions. I've never, I've never, I've never tried to uh, carve, carve a block out of marble. I've never tried to uh, build a, build a pyramid. <laughs> There's a um, lot of, so you know what, you know what? I don't know, but you know what? I feel like I could figure it out. Um, yeah, there is a lot of people on like YouTube and other accounts that like will build <laughs> like I I I don't know the actual word for it and I know this one's not the best for describing things, mm-hmm. but for the sake of the technology, it's like pr- using like primitive tools or other things so like literally making yeah. like 
you know, yeah, no, stuff from scratch. It, it's totally possible. Yeah, it it's is, crazy. They made like a know, pool and stuff. Know, it's awesome. Yeah, no, I've I've seen those, and it's like it's really, it's really cool to see because it does demonstrate all of this stuff is is possible. Yeah, to be and without um to be constructed exactly, and you don't need machinery because it's like crazy mm-hmm. to me that that's the excuse. It's like, oh my god, like how. You know, how did they build the Colosseum without cranes? And it's like, they used different technology and they had cranes. But still, mm-hmm. it's like, maybe you don't need, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't need machinery. <laughs> they didn't use metal. Like, it doesn't, it's just different. It's different tech and it's okay. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be, it, it's the arrogance that the technological age has brought us, where because we have computers, mm-hmm. we assume that means smart. And because people had stone, and fire, that means dumb. And it's a terrible way of thinking. It's a very Western and linear mm-hmm. way of thinking. And I dislike it very much um, mm-hmm. without going into that because it is kind of a whole subject. Right. But yeah, I think yeah. all that being said, yes, Atlantis, did it exist? I don't know. Maybe. But I still think we should. Probably, probably not. Probably not. Is, yeah, it is. It is more fun to say maybe. It is, yes, that's why I do it, and also I can never be totally certain on everything with this. Oh, but yeah, at the same no, time, it's I, like, I, I, I still believe like it's not the way that we believe it today. Like, the way we're describing mm-hmm. all of these examples, I don't think it's that at all. I think it's mm-hmm, very much mm-hmm. some sort of civilization that's, maybe it was advanced, maybe it wasn't, who knows, and it probably wasn't even called that. Like, that's my working theory, but my mind will probably yeah. be changed because I don't. I'm sure. I'm sure if we brought them back, they would be very surprised we named an ocean after them. Uh, oh yeah, huh? I don't I, actually. I don't know. know if that's why we called the Atlantic Atlantis, or was it the Atlantic Ocean and then they named it Atlantis because it sunk? But it was in the Mediterranean Sea. Unless well, apparently it's in the. It's a lot of debate on this. I personally think Mediterranean just makes more sense. But people Wait, say. Wait, but also was wasn't wasn't Atlanta a person in mythology? Yes, because that is what Aquaman's mom is named after, and that's based in Greek oh, mythology. So okay. Atlanta's definitely a okay. Thing. Yeah. Okay. We're so there. I may, maybe they're both named after atlanta probably i mean this also gets into the whole thing of like how much greek the greek ancient i should say ancient greek language has shaped the way we hear things like i also found out that recently like the way we pronounce the egyptian gods names is because of ancient greek which i mean yeah makes sense but also it's insane to me and this is one mm-hmm. of the, again my problems with linguistics and like why translingualism is so interesting because like oh yeah you know that's not what they would have sounded like and if you hear the recreation of Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, it is like totally different than anything I think we've like normally been accustomed to in culture, at least for me. But um, I think the way I think the difference, it's like I think everything is going to conform to you know the sounds that are familiar to that language. I'm yeah. I think like I uh. Like the pronunciation of Ramses, you know, mm-hmm. is our our um our I guess our quasi Greek version of it, but it I I think it was like Ramsesy or something, you know, right? It, it would have been slight variations. It's still just kind of amazing that we have any language oh, yeah. that that records these things. That, uh, yeah, you know, it's incredible. No, it's really interesting, and again, mm-hmm. it's. It, the invention right it's it's so Mm -hmm. fascinating so i do think that there's more here than just 
easy cop-out theories that pretty much almost serve as like you know creation myths and they're just as simple for some reason and it's like no i think that there's the world is complicated things are complicated they're also much more interesting and in-depth than i think we give credit to the boring things and i feel like it's worth like giving time to that you know what i mean yeah and i think that's so yeah, I th- I think that's the the message of today is uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't overthink it, but also don't simplify the world. Yeah, and I mean, if uh, if you have any thoughts on Atlantis, uh, the Hyperboreans, uh, or any of that, we'd love to hear your theories. You know, as long as we keep it civil. Yeah. Don't come at me. It's just my idea. We we don't we don't want to be condescending, right? But no. you know. It's it's all kind of silly, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this is I think been a productive conversation. Yeah, I think so. Thank you for mm-hmm. letting me go off a little bit, Zan. Always appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. I mean, I uh, I assume we want to get out of the labyrinth. Yeah, at some we can point. just is is there is there a minotaur down here? There, maybe. <laughs> There is, oh wait, something's coming. We should probably take the side exit here now uh, okay, that we install okay, because yeah, we know yeah. we had to make sure we had the right. You know. The 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 Minotaur gate is up to code. Yes, yes, we don't. Uh, they don't. We don't. We, we don't want the guests to know that it's actually just like a wax sculpture. <laughs> we have to. We have to preserve the reality. No, we 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 rent we rented that costume. Oh. We put an intern in it. Yeah, it's just Gary walking <laughs> up and down. <laughs> Well, this mm-hmm. has been great. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um. Wow. Love when we get to uh, bash on ancient aliens. Always fun. Once a year. But also explore why exactly people might have a desire for this type of stuff. Yeah. I. It's not like you said. It's not about being condescending. It's really trying to get into the nit and grit of it all and and just understand. Because there's, there's got to mm-hmm. be a reason. There has to be reasons for these things. And I think it's really worth looking at and asking a lot of those questions to it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, again, if you'd like to reach out to us, the uh, you can find the museum uh, on uh, Instagram at Uncanny County Museum or on Twitter at Uncanny Museum. Uh, what do you got going on these days, Joe? Uh, not too much. I'm in two exhibitions still. They should be up about at this time still uh, going on. There's one in uh, Tiger Strikes Asteroid TSA PDF exhibition in collaboration with SVA. And the other is on aerogramarts.org, which where I'm in an exhibition with the same artist in residence. And it's just titled The Artist Residency Project. I have some photographs and a video on there. And that's live till October 15th. So feel free to check it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about you, Zan? Good, good, good content out. Um, let's see. Uh, I was recently featured in uh, the uh, online publication Voyage Tampa. Uh, there's an interview with me talking about my work and talking about my background. Uh, if you want to check any of that out, um, I will have work up at the Mize Gallery, uh, by this point in St. Petersburg. Um, and I'm also in the Then and Now show also in St. Petersburg. Mm. Uh, there should be some, uh, more information, uh, on my Instagram about those shows. If yes, you would yes, like yes. to see my work, 
Um, and that is about all I can announce for right now. Awesome. Um, awesome. But with uh, more stuff uh, on the way as well, mm -hmm. uh, I occasionally am posting TikTok videos now. Yeah. Of me doing my art. Yes. So you can find that uh, on my TikTok, um, Zanfred E. Man. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I guess that about does it for us today at the Uncanny County Museum. Yeah, uh, yeah, we enjoyed having you here. We'll see you next time. Uh, give us um, uh, a review and a follow if you can. We yes. really appreciate it. Again, really appreciate hearing from people uh, as well. Uh, if you have any input for us or suggestions or corrections, you know. Yes, yes, please, please. All right, so from the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters. And I've been Joe Semino. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.